This is Norfolk Noise, presented by Maury High School students. Hello, everyone. I'm Cecilia Candelaria with the Norfolk Noise podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in today. In this episode, we'll be interviewing Miss Mickey, a music therapist at the CHKD Hospital. We will be uncovering an insightful look on music therapy, how it affects the patients, how it has affected the therapist herself, and we will even hear the music she plays during her sessions. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hi, my name is Ikea, and I'm a co-host for Norfolk Noise. Introduce I'm, yourself. I'm Leslie McGee. I'm a music therapist at the Children's Hospital of the King's Daughters. It's so nice for you to be here today. Thank you for coming. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Um, has music always been such a prominent role in your life? Absolutely. Um, I started taking piano when I was five years old. Uh, my grandma actually taught me, so there was kind of a family connection to that, and um then once I hit middle school, decided I wanted to be in band, so I played the flute for a while, and once I got into high school, switched over to the baritone or euphonium, played that for a while. Um, thought I wanted to go into medicine in college, thought I was going to go on and be a doctor, but then I learned the amount of school that was required for that and the amount of work that was required for that and decided that wasn't really the life plan that I wanted, um, so I found music therapy and it was kind of a perfect combination of the two where I could do music but still be in a hospital and see the medical side of the world and so that's where I landed. That's really cool. I also wanted to be a doctor before I found out the school that you had to do but um, that didn't work out. (laughs) And how did you end up choosing this career? Um, so once <laughs> once I um, decided that medicine probably wasn't the direction, I thought, well, I guess I'll be a music teacher because um, that's what would be out there for me and started looking at music schools. Um, my brother actually went to college at a university at Ohio University in Athens, Ohio. And so that's where I first started looking and I stumbled upon music therapy as a degree rather than music education. And the more I read about it, the more it, it clicked with me. Um, I actually ended up going to Radford University, which is in Virginia. Um, Got my music therapy degree there and then did an internship and ended up back here working and um, have loved this job ever since I started. How long have you been doing it? Um, I've been at CHKD for 17 years um, and I'm I'm actually an employee of Norfolk Public Schools, but we have a school program in the hospital. So it's uh, really cool. (laughs) Um, How has being a music therapist changed your outlook on music? Um... Being a music therapist is definitely a daily dose of perspective for me. So when I go into work, I get to meet families and kids going through some really tough, hard things. And it's um, it's such an honor and it's so humbling to be able to be invited into that part of their life and for kids to open up to me and us to be able to create something really cool together um, during a time in life when it's not really cool. Um, They're both their their families are just having a really hard time most of the time when I see them. Um, Sometimes I see kids that are just in for a day or two, but most of the time the kids that I spend time with are kids who are there for a pretty long time. And so um, it's pretty awesome that I get to be the one to come in with something really fun to do and to teach them a new skill or to give them a way to express in a way that they didn't know how to do before. Um, So, yeah. That's really cool. Well, that's all the questions I have for you today. Hi, I'm Lex. What does music therapy do that other forms of therapy can't do? So the way music therapy is different than other kinds of therapy um, is that we use music to achieve those goals. So the whole point of music therapy is to achieve non-musical goals through the use of music. Um, So we're trained to 
see what a client's needs are. So it could be similar to a physical therapy goal or a speech therapy goal, or maybe even a talk therapy, like an emotional therapy goal. Um, and our process is to find a way to use music to address that. Um, so if it's a physical therapy goal, maybe they're working on standing endurance. They've had an accident and, and they need to work on building that endurance to stand. So maybe we're playing music while they're working on standing, um, which sounds so simple, but oftentimes, especially in kids, they will stand for two to three times longer if they're occupied in something that they like versus something if they're just being asked to stand up, right? And all of us, that's similar to exercise, right? If we have good music to listen to, we're gonna exercise longer than if we had no music to listen to. Um, so that's kind of how it works with the physical or speech goals. On the emotional side of things, um, I don't know how you guys feel about music, but music tends to connect with a lot of people on an emotional level. And so when it taps into what you're feeling or thinking, or we can use those lyrics to kind of bring that out and have conversations that might be um, a little easier to have than just sitting down and asking someone a question about their personal life. Um, so music is kind of, um, it's kind of like a tripod. You've got the music therapist, you've got the client, and then you've got that third piece of support there on the music where it's less about me and you, and we can be talking about the music, but really you're still able to express what you want to say. Okay. Um, are families of the students ever surprised when they find out that they will be receiving uh, therapy? Um, sometimes it, it's always an option for them. So it's presented completely, um, their choice if they want to participate or not. And even day to day, it's their choice. Um, and that even in itself is powerful for, for our patients because they have very little control over most of what happens in the hospital. I don't know if any of you guys have ever been in the hospital before, but when you get sick, when you have to go to the hospital, you don't get to choose the medicines you take. You don't get to choose whether you go have that test done. You don't get to choose sometimes even what you eat, right? Sometimes you're on a restricted diet. So um, any piece of choice that we can give to our students, we, we try that. So not only is music optional, but what kind of music we listen to, what we do in music, if we're gonna play instruments or we're just gonna listen or we're gonna make a playlist or we're going to write a song or wh whatever we do, um, I try to give as many options as possible um, to those families. So again, it's their choice, but um, some are surprised that, that that's an option, especially once they see it start happening um, and they see a session start. They're like, wow, this is a thing? Like, I didn't know this was a thing. Um, but most most families are pretty excited to, to be able to do something different and creative and pass some time. Uh, how do you ease any anxiety about the process? About the therapy process? Yes. So um, I kind of put my patients in the driver's seat um, I give them the control to decide what we're going to do next. And if we ever hit a point where somebody's uncomfortable, they never have to share. They never have to participate. It's, it's always an option. Um, that tends to take a lot of it off, but also just the nature of music tends to remove a lot of the anxiety in and of itself. Um, music is naturally calming for a lot of people, especially if it's your preferred music. Um, and so that tends to pull off some of that stigma of like, oh, I have to go to therapy, but it's not really therapy. We're just hanging out and talking and playing music together. It's my turn. Okay. Hi, I'm Kennedy. I am a co-host and social media director for Norfolk Noise. It's nice to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you too. Um, how many students do you work with? So it really depends on the day. Um, sometimes it can be anywhere from eight or nine. Sometimes it's one or two. It just kind of depends on what my caseload is that day, who's in. Um, sometimes I'll have a big influx where I'll have like 
four new kids and four kids I've already got on roll. And so mm-hmm. I have to kind of figure out, you know, who's the priority there and how I'm going to spend time with them. But, um, I do a couple of groups a week with our outpatient students, um, when they're in the hematology oncology clinic, getting cancer treatment mm-hmm. or blood disorder treatment or whatever they're there for. Right. We have kind of an open room where they can come in and be part of, um, group. And we do both music and art therapy in that room. And then I also have just individual time where I go work with students' bedside. So um, if they get a referral either from a teacher or um, whoever else, the doctor, nurse, whoever else might be working with them, child life, then I'll go by, I'll check in with them, and we kind of develop a plan and go from there. Right. Um, is there any way you can show some examples of the work you do? Sure, absolutely. So I've got a few songs, um, and that's actually one of my favorite things to do is to share share songs <laughs> that my kids have done. So um with some students, we write songs together. With some students, we just make playlists together. With some students, we play instruments together. Sometimes I do teach um, lessons of sorts. So I'll, uh, I teach a lot of kids to play ukulele because it's a pretty easy instrument to pick up um, somewhat quickly. Right. So a lot of times I only have kids in the hospital for a couple days at a time. And that short time window, it's a lot to, you know, you can't learn an instrument in two days, right? But the ukulele, you can learn a lot about, and you can learn a fair amount of chords for and learn to play a song. And um, so we start there with a lot of my kids, um, or piano lessons sometimes I'll do. But again, the goal with those lessons is not strictly to learn the piano, right? Mm -hmm. It's to develop a leisure skill. It's to develop um, social interaction that, that you and I are working together while we're learning this. Um, so I have a few songs that, that students have written. If you guys want to hear them, I'm happy to share. Oh, absolutely. Um, okay. So these kind of songs, what we start with, and I'm, I'm showing them a picture of, or a, a printout of song lyrics with um, kind of a fill in the black, fill in the blank on the back. Um, so this is called piggyback songwriting. And I do this with my students again, because I have them for such a short period of time. Occasionally, I'll have somebody who already has some musical background and musical knowledge, and they want to do original songwriting, and we'll do that. But without that background, it's it's pretty hard to write an original song in just a couple days. Um, sometimes I'll have students who will build a beat in GarageBand and then rap over it, so they'll do an original rap that way. But for a lot of kids, this is this is the most accessible way to write a song. So we pick a song, and then I give them kind of a, it almost looks like Mad Libs, right, with certain words blanked out. And this is just kind of like our bones where we start from. We can always cross things out. We can always add words from this side back over here. But this is just a a place to start, kind of a roadmap. So this is what we start with. So this is a song by Rascal Flatts called Stand. I'll let you guys look at it. Um, And then I have kids write it. And it's crazy all the different directions that kids can take this. And I'm going to play you two different examples so you can hear kind of the difference. The first is from two um, boys. One was 12 and one was like 15 or 16. Um, And they kind of took it in a more serious, like supportive.
They kind of took it in more of a, what do I need when I'm sick? And what am I feeling in this moment? And um, it was a really cool moment for, for them to write together because they recognized that, huh, we have different diagnoses, but we have a lot of the same feelings about them. We have a lot of the same shared things that I thought maybe I was the only one who was feeling. And then this other one, it's the same song, same outline that I give the kid. This was a group of like eight-year-old girls. And this is what we turned into. The name of it is Booger Laughs. took the song where they needed it to go with um, not a whole lot of different direction from me. Um, it just kind of is what needed to come out in the moment is what came out. And um, these three girls, when they were in group, were just cackling. They <laughs> got to write a song about boogers, right? Whereas for these two boys, it was a moment for them to feel um, empowered and um, strengthened by knowing that like we can write about what we need and pointing that out um, really helps in the process. Right, yeah. And I, you've showed us a little bit on how you the therapy process goes, but with instruments, is there any differ between what you do? So yeah, when I'm doing um, instrument play with kids, usually that will come in, um, that's most popular with my elementary kids who are like probably kindergarten to eighth grade-ish. Um, sometimes I have some high schoolers that want to play instruments, but um, usually it's that population. and. Um, I usually come in with a whole lot of percussion instruments. So I've got some African drums, I've got some Latin percussion, I've got um, just things that are really accessible to play mm -hmm. um, if with very little training. Um, so basically I bring them in and I kind of let kids explore. We kind of see what they, this is if I'm doing an individual session, let them explore, see what they like, what they're drawn to. Um, I'll often have my guitar or a ukulele or a keyboard along and I'll kind of just play some chord structure in the background and let them play along with me. So we just kind of jam out for a little bit. Um, sometimes we pull emotions into those. So I have some little, like, they almost look like little emoji pillows. They're called kimochis, right. but they um, have different faces on them and feelings written on the back. And so I'll have them reach in a bag and pull one out and we'll find an instrument that sounds like that. And then we can get into a conversation about, well, have you ever felt that way? What made you feel that way? If you don't want to feel that way, how do you change it? You know, there's some prompting questions we can ask, but again, it's all spurred on by, let's find an instrument that sounds this way. Um, in a group, we might do like a group drum circle. So I'll put all the drums out together and kids will kind of build one on top of the other, which they're learning then a lot of social skills. They're learning listening. They're learning um, communication with one another, all nonverbal. They're learning all kinds of ways to um, interact 
with each other, but then we also can play this emotional charades game where we'll pull out a feeling and you have to get everybody to guess what 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 feeling did you have. Right. Um, so, yeah, and instruments look a little different depending on the, the kid or the group. Um, so you've said it looked different. Is there any terminal patients that you do work with? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And is their process different and, like, the emotions they feel? Or is it, like, off with some of them than you would see in a normal kid um, that you work with? No, you're you're good. You're good. So yeah, kids that are facing that um, oftentimes are handle it so much better than you would ever imagine, um, and and are so mature beyond their years in trying to look at what does this mean and where am I headed and what is this treatment for. Um, often their parents have a harder time processing through some of that than they do, but kids a lot of times are really resilient and um, they surprise me every time with how aware they are of what's happening even even very young being aware of what's going on and and having confidence that they're okay and that it's going to be all right and so yeah it looks a little different as far as what we do together Um, with those kiddos a lot of times what they need and what they want to do is either to just have fun or to do some kind of legacy building Mm -hmm. where they're able to leave something for their family. So they're able to create a song or they're able to um, create some art or they're able to create something to leave behind. And so I actually do have a song um, from one of those patients um, that she wrote right around this time of year. Um, So I don't really approach those patients much different than other patients. I give them the same choices and the same control and the same autonomy to kind of decide where therapy goes. Um, So I present the same activities that maybe I would be presenting to other kids at the same time. Um, But it's just kind of knowing where to lead the conversation once that activity starts. So this is a song about um, gratitude. It's about, it's called Grateful. Mm -hmm. And so she wrote her own version of this and she wrote a few different songs with me throughout her course of treatment, and I was able to create a CD and share that with her um, with her family. So this is her version of Grateful. I could write a song about the time the medicine made me sick write a song about all the scary times like that but today I choose to write about what makes me smile I'm grateful for my older sister and for a swing set and for the time we play outside
chance I have to go to school Cause it's where I show how smart I am And I could write a song about the time the medicine made me sick write a song about all the scary times like that but today I choose to write about what makes me smile and I'm grateful and I'm thankful can see like there are times that you might think like oh I can't walk into a room with a kid who has cancer and talk to him about gratitude like who's thankful for that but the reality is they are they still have the same feelings that everybody else does and her being able to express this and leave something for her family means the world to her family but also was huge for her process to know that she's giving back some of that impact that has been given to her and that she's able to create something that kind of lives on beyond her. That's beautiful. It's, it's amazing the capacity people have. And I've, I don't even know if I'm that strong. <laughs> like, Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, she she was 10 when she wrote this. So. Wow. wow. That's crazy. Yeah, it really is. You don't know. Uh, we don't know what's in us until... It we has actually to be tested. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all my questions. Um, I have another question. Yeah, absolutely. Are the families involved when you do the therapy? Sometimes, yeah, sometimes. So if a family is present, I always give them the option if they want to stay and be part of it. Um, if they, or I give them the option if they want to go take a break because they've been on the clock and around um, and dealing with a sick kid for a pretty long time um, to please go have some coffee, go take a break. Um, sometimes I'll have kids tell me after I've seen them for a while, like, hey, I, I want to see you without my mom here. And so we'll politely get mom to leave so that the kid can have their time with me alone if they want. And sometimes I've got kids who say, no, I don't want my mom to leave. Don't make her. And totally fine. Mom, mom can stay as long as you want. So. Okay. So this is totally like, doesn't have to be. Um, do you prefer to do like writing songs and like, or instruments? Like, is there any like. I like the variety of it all. Um, that's, yeah. I think, what I love about my job so much is that I can be playing silly preschool songs with a four-year-old one minute and then write a cool song with a 16-year-old the next and right. then do some garage band the next minute. And it just kind of depends on who I have that day. And um, I don't think I would have enjoyed a job as much that was like all preschool or right. all high school or all middle school. Yeah, no, I get that. When you're in the groups, are they all like, are the numbers like all mismatched? And like, is there a 12 year old and then like a 17 year old? Yeah, they're all mixed up. Wow, that's so, crazy. Um, yeah, sometimes we we tried for a while. We had like a teen group time where we could pull just teenagers together. And occasionally that happens, but more often than not, it's just whoever happens to walk into the room. So I could have a 16 year old and a two year old mm-hmm. all at the same time. Um, and yeah, that can be a challenge to try to figure out, okay, what can I do that's gonna meet both of their needs? And um, a lot of times we'll, if the art therapist and I are both there, we'll split and one of us will take the older kid and want to work with the younger. Um, But sometimes instruments have a way of spanning ages and we can kind of pull something together that's age appropriate for both and that everybody kind of gets something out of. So, well, thank you. Yeah, Yeah. this is thank you. That concludes all of our line of questions.
Thank you for streaming our podcast. We hope you enjoyed that episode as much as we did. And more importantly, we hope we were informative and brought light to something not commonly talked about. Be on the lookout for our next episode. My name is Lillian Miller, and I'm the co-host of Norfolk Noise. This is Kennedy Carpenter, Social Media Director for Norfolk Noise. My name is Emily Carpenter Gibbs. I'm the Graphic Designer and Social Media Coordinator for Norfolk Noise. My name is Jay Crandall. I'm a music producer and audio engineer for Norfolk Noise. My name is Ariana, music producer and audio engineer for Norfolk Noise. My name is Nasir, music producer and audio engineer for Norfolk Noise. My name is Zakia Azar, and I'm the co-host of Norfolk Noise. My name is Lex Woodward, and I'm the co-director for Norfolk Noise.